Welcome to the New Wolsey Theatre Podcast. I'm Jack. I'm Zanna. And I'm Catherine. Come with us behind the scenes where we take you backstage, on stage, front of house and everywhere in between. Introducing the very talented and super witty Paulus, aka the Cabaret Geek, stage and TV star who's appearing on our stage here at the New Woolsey in Looking for My Friend, a dedicated show to Victoria Wood, coming on Tuesday the 7th of March. Welcome to the podcast, Paulus. Hello, thanks for having me. Oh gosh, an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining us. Before we start, we just want to do a little audio description of ourselves for everyone who's listening and i know you're sitting with a cat so i'd like an audio description of the cat as well when it's your oh, okay. turn um <laughs> so over to Catherine first so i am a white woman in her mid-20s um i have long blonde hair and i'm wearing a long sleeve black t-shirt and uh, gray trousers and i am a middle-aged white woman with long dark brown hair and i'm wearing a tartan red shirt and black jeans and i am a um 47 year old fairly pasty white caucasian <laughs> male um uh, a shaved head a salt and pepper beard and uh, because i'm an actor i'm always undressed i'm in a paul smith stripy dressing gown sitting on the floor of my studio in crystal palace gosh what a picture <laughs> oh cat. cat i forgot the cat hang on let's do the cat this is um well he's known as the cabaret cat online mm-hmm. so we'll just call him the cabaret cat because we're one of those households that have seven names for each of their pets mm-hmm. and, I, and we haven't got time for that and he <laughs> is black and white and uh totally asleep right now uh, or pretending to be asleep but it's got one eye sort of half open as if to say oh it's you that's what he's doing (laughs) brilliant okay let's go (laughs) before we dive into your um brilliant current touring show we'd like to just get to know you a little bit better you've been doing cabaret for three decades yeah i have since i was 15 so 33 years Mm -hmm. now and I, I just got really excited by it as a genre and as i got older i kind of realized I'm not sure a lot of people even think of it as a genre in its own right. So I started to teach that and champion that as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, 33 years later. How did you (laughs) discover it? It was actually uh, to raise money for a local charity that my mother was on the committee of. Uh, She and her friend uh, were trying to raise money for leukemia research because her friend's son uh, got leukemia. And because she was a caterer, in Kent at the time in the 80s. Uh, She was used to feeding people and she said, why don't you and your little friends uh, put on a show in the village hall. I was 15, though I was 15 years old. And, uh, and she said, I'll do a dinner and we'll call it, uh, we'll call it variety show, she, mm-hmm. she said, and we'll, we'll raise money. So it was sort of like a supper club variety show thing. And it was a, a mixture of sketches from TV, comedy sketches, uh, musical theatre, um, some pop and jazz. And nearly everybody in the cast was very young, like me, 15. And it was tremendously precocious. Um, but we raised money for charity. <laughs> And this idea of just very short sort of snippets of of a song or a bit of a play or a bit a, a short sketch and then you're on to the next thing. That's sort of almost mm. magazine program mm-hmm. format we're used to with daytime television. Mm. To do that on stage and to to think about how to curate that, put it together and what goes in and where it goes, that always excited me tremendously. Mm. And from that moment, cabareting with your mates, you've obviously taken a, a more serious step into doing this professionally. How did that bit work? No, I don't think I'm taking it anymore, seriously. I think I'm still glithering about in village halls for the most part. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I um, well, I went to drama school. I sort of did the normal drama school route, but I, I got thrown out of drama school, which uh, I, I tell the story in my Victoria Wood show, so you can learn a little more about about mm-hmm. that there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so I went down a sort of slip road of of cabaret, um, whereas I trained in musical theatre, and, and I have been in a few musicals, but I don't. I'm not really very good at long runs of things and doing the same thing <laughs> all the time. You know what I mean? Like mm. doing the same show eight times a week. Mm. I'm not. I'm, I'm not the sort of person that can be told what to do on a regular. <laughs> I don't think we need to guess that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, so I liked cabaret because it meant I could comment on the, the the news of the day. I could change my mind about a certain song that we'd rehearsed. I could just go, actually, no, the vibe. This is the vibe in the room right now. Then this is what we need to talk about or say. So mm. Mm. I think there's an immediacy to it and something uh, an editorial to it that mm. I love. Why were you thrown out of your college? Oh, drama school. Yes. Oh, well, I, I mean, the, the short answer is I ran out of money. The The longer answer is uh, the drama school I went to had no provisions in place for somebody who was nearly graduated but running out of money. And they um, um. their husbandry was woefully lacking. If it was the time of social media, it would be all over the shop right now. Mm. But we didn't have any voice back then. No. Okay. No. So, and then how did you end up, uh, what led you to Victoria Wood? Well, I was singing a Victoria Wood song in that very first cabaret when I was 15. Ah. And it's actually, it's actually in Looking for My Friend, the show that I'm bringing to you. So in some ways, it feels a bit like, you know, I've just been gearing up to this since I was 15 years old, Mm. if I'm completely honest, (laughs) because I started watching her on telly when I was 10 Mm. with my mum and my sister and I I just adored her I thought Mm. she was amazing and I think talking about her now in 2023 I think it's probably worth reminding ourselves those of us that watched Victoria Wood as seen on TV or old enough to remember it that what Vic looked like when she was on a scene on TV she would always do a bit of stand-up at the beginning Mm -hmm. and she would be in men's jeans she would be in a a man's shirt and jacket usually a tie as well to have sort of spiky hair which was very like mine when i when i first felt you know fell in love with her and uh, i think now we'd say she was in drag if we saw a picture yeah. of mm. a person on telly looking like that now uh-huh. or, or some kind of drag uh. but victoria never really made statements like that she didn't you know go i am this or i am that she just did what she wanted to do wore what she wanted to wear and and got on with it and i Mm. think that individualism yeah there's a very famous story about how she she had to borrow a dress from celia rimry when she first went on telly because she didn't own any dresses you know so (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's always spoken to me really Mm. just her individual way of doing things Mm. actually it's just a unique person we were talking about her in the car on our way into the theatre this morning and just thinking what an extraordinary comedian but much more than that for me our show is very much a celebration of her songs we mm. do 21 of her songs wow. in uh, in an hour and a half um, <laughs> that's good going and it, well, I'm suddenly realising, and we've been doing the show a while now, I'm suddenly realising Victoria Wood never did 21 of her own songs in a row. Why the hell am I trying? <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel that um, maybe her songs and, and the skill involved in them are, are rather overlooked compared to her script writing or her stand-up and stuff and i think it's time they were celebrated Mm. because there are some corkers Mm. Mm. yeah i can remember like you 
watching it on the telly, watching her on the telly at that age and thinking, who is this incredible person? And arguably one of the greatest comedians of all of our time and writers. Yeah. So, yeah, so absolutely. funny. So funny. So I'm going to, we're going to ask you, can we have what some of your favorite sketches or, or performances? I know I don't, we don't want any spoilers, but come on, <laughs> come on, give us, give us a few. <laughs> I think there's a really, I mean, oh, uh, no, that's not an example. That's just me breaking it down like it's an essay. Do you know what I really love? I really love Jean and Dolly in Dinner Ladies. That's oh. what I really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne Reed and Thelma Barlow. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think it's important to say, just for those people that don't know, that I don't perform this show alone. There's a man on the piano called Michael, and mm. we're both gay guys in our, in our sort of early, late 40s, early 50s. And... Um, because of course we are proving once more that it takes two men to do the job of one woman uh, <laughs> half as well. Um, so, uh, and so Mike and I, we travel around the country or in his car, in his, in his Vauxhall, and we do the show together. And when we're not on stage, I think it's Dolly and Jean that come out of our mouths more really? often than anything else, mm. if I'm honest. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And for us, you know, meeting audiences and depending on, you know, their age or just when they first stumbled upon Victoria in mm. her career mm. tells us a huge amount about, you know, the breadth of knowledge that mm. an audience will have. And, and because Dinner Ladies is the most recent and probably the most repeated mm. thing, audiences in their 20s and 30s, it's often the only thing that mm. they know of Victoria Woods. Mm. And they come to us to learn more, which is super. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people use the word genius when they talk about Vic. And I'm not here to, to disagree at all. But I think I don't think she'd agree. I think she would she would poo-poo that. I think what she mm. was was really hard working. She mm. wanted it, as she said herself, she said, you know, people come out um of their homes to come and see me live or come and see Acorn Antiques, the musical or whatever it is, and they've they've spending hard earned money and mm-hmm. using up time which they could you know do something else with. They could be gardening, they could, you know, stay at home and pick the quiz off their beer mats but they don't they want to come and be entertained mm, yeah and our job is to make that as good as we can mm. you know and mm. uh, if that makes her a genius then so be it i mm. just think she had a tremendous amount of respect for her audience and for the public more than a lot of entertainers do mm. did you ever meet her no, I didn't. Uh, and I didn't really want to, if I'm completely <laughs> honest, <laughs> because I knew from interviews and programs and uh, all these things that I'd collected uh, as a child, that she was a really, really private person. And mm. that, you know, let's be frank, she wouldn't have any interest in meeting me. And uh, every time I've met somebody <laughs> famous, it's gone horribly wrong. So, <laughs> but they always drop dead a week later or something like that. So, you know, I, I just... <laughs> But I deliberately avoided it. I saw her live about 12 times and I never, ever went backstage. And I kind of regret it now because I've learned from lots of fans that I've met that she was super generous with her time post-show and she she was really nice at the stage door. And I'm sure she would have been nice to me too. But I do have a friend, a friend called Jamie, and he got stuck in a bus shelter with her on a uh, during a rainstorm, and she was not happy to be stuck with a homosexual <laughs> that was delighted to meet her. <laughs> she wanted to die. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> right. So no, I'm glad we never met because it's the work that I admire. It's mm, her work and mm, her work ethic that I admire. I don't need to know anything about her. No, that, you know. Yeah. No, it's really interesting what you were saying about her respect for the audience. I think. That's a, that's something that 
definitely I don't know that's just really something that I'm now thinking about and has gone into my head and is an interesting thing to say Mm, um with performances and obviously all the different um shows and kind of shows that we get here as well um how people can show respect to the audience in different ways and that kind of thing that's really uh, yeah really interesting it's a it's a funny thing you know and and this show in particular is such a huge sort of love fest almost it's a love letter to a lost friend because Mm. i think many of us fans of victoria felt of felt that she was our friend and that's Mm -hmm. why the show is called looking for my friend um and so our job michael and me is just to facilitate that really Mm. and if i mostly i just have to get out of the way you know not let myself get too involved show up try not to bugger up the words so let's do it and uh, and hopefully everybody has a nice time uh, because i'm just there i'm just there to hold hold a space so we can all just mm. go god wasn't she brilliant mm. god we miss her yeah and maybe remember a few of the best times yeah so so can you um actually going to, to the show uh, tell us a bit more about looking for my friend well, um, we have to thank Michael at the piano for the idea, because when Victoria died, we met up for a drink and we had a conversation about how important she was to gay guys like us in the 80s and 90s. Um, and we talk about this in the show, although, you know, it's not a, a, a rainbow flag waving couple of hours. It's uh, it's broader than that. But as gay men, we do touch on the fact that you you did sort of meet like minded people in social occasions in mm. the 80s and 90s via the catchphrases of Victoria Woods. <laughs> you know, if, if, you go, if you're at a party and you don't know anybody and somebody says red cabbage how much, you suddenly know that person <laughs> and love that person <laughs> because you know the answer is red cabbage no idea. And, <laughs> and so there's literally people wandering around looking for their friends via catchphrases. <laughs> Just wandering around going, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> And that's that. That was how you became friends. And, yeah. and I know that's not just gay men that that happened to. But in a time when yeah. you didn't always know who your friend was as a gay person, yeah. um, you could be pretty sure that if they liked Vic, you were onto a winner, and you at least have a laugh, if not a shag. You know what I mean? <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, no. It's absolutely fine. It's fine. Right, red cabbage. No, that's not right. Sorry. <laughs> Should we carry on? <laughs> yeah, just carry on. Nobody's nobody noticed. It's fine. So the show, um, as I, you know, <laughs> I can't believe you said that. The show um, is what I originally thought might be would be you impersonating Vic, but you're not. You, it's you. Well, it, it's me. It's me and Michael at the piano, and we are, we play ourselves. We do, do little lines. Mm-hmm. We do little lines from sketches and stuff but mm-hmm. no i don't ever impersonate Vic, and i wouldn't i mean god i wouldn't want to can you imagine how awful that would be <laughs> <laughs> trying to take on i mean just just doing the show is, is a is a ballsy move in itself trying mm-hmm. to take on doing her material mm-hmm. but no i think there's i think there's an opportunity to say that you know she's not here but we all are and yeah. there's a community yeah. of us thousands yeah. and thousands around the country who uh, who speak victoria wood yeah. And uh, who um, uh, make friends and support one another. God, I mean, during the pandemic, while I was waiting to come to you guys and all the other lovely venues across the country, watching strangers, absolute strangers who have never met one another, support each other through job losses and hospital visits and, you know, bereavements and all sorts of things, just because they both liked the same catchphrase and were members of the same Facebook group. Mm, That's mm, pretty amazing, mm, really. Mm. <laughs> I've seen a huge amount of love shared 
between these strangers all all through the conduit of Vic, really. Yeah, yeah. Extraordinary. And how so we miss honor. her. It's how an honour to, to hold that. Yeah. Yeah. It's seven years nearly, you Is know, in, in April it will be seven yeah. years since she died. And uh, I can't believe that. I mean, it feels, I don't know, it feels like two or three. She was too maybe. young. How old was she? <laughs> 62 yeah. and had loads more plans. I believe mm. there was definitely a musical about cake, uh, which she was thinking about <laughs> or a play about cake that was being <laughs> planned. And she still was trying to, um, you know, make, uh, you know, do a, t- a movie, a sort of film movie. She she made mm. the wonderful Pat and Margaret and wrote other screenplays, but they were all for television. And she very much wanted to break to America and, and, and do a TV movie, I know. Mm. And I'm sure she wanted to do buckets of other stuff too. Mm. Well, she's lucky enough to have you continue to her work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am, I am humbled to yeah. do it on behalf of everyone that loves Vic. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, and do you know we've had we've had a couple of um, people from what I call the, her alumni, the, the performers that regularly worked with her on shows. Um, three, uh, I think, to date have have come and seen the show, and they've all been very kind mm. and lovely about it, which mm. is really nice. Makes mm. you feel like you're doing a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. And that connection you have with all of the audience, do you find they sing back at you? <laughs> I do, unfortunately. It's, uh, I mean, there's, there's one here, yeah, just FYI, if you are coming to the Wolsey on the 7th of March. It, it's, I mean, it's on one level, it's delightful that people are so engaged. On another level, Let's Do It is a very hard song to sing anyway, without <laughs> stereo from Margaret in row three, you know, <laughs> and Claire up the other end. And, and some nights, you literally, you've got, one, you've got the same row, one person singing one end, one person singing the other, and you're thinking, I'll just go, shall I? It'd be much better and quicker if you just sing it on your own. All out of beat, all out of tune. It's one of those things. That's why you love an audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's but 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 it's not mine, like I say. And I, mm. uh, you know, and we all feel an ownership over the work and of Victoria. Mm. So uh, you mm. know, it has to be shared. So if you, they want to sing along, let them sing along. <laughs> I'll either get it wrong or right. You have to come and turn up to see. <laughs> Uh, so that's um, looking for me, friend, coming to us on Tuesday, the seventh of March. Not far away, actually. How exciting! Yeah, a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah, enough to warm up, and uh, we'll be ready hey. for you. And um, yes, just one final question because we've just talked about people who love Victoria Wood. But um, so basically, if if anyone doesn't know her um, or isn't familiar, why <laughs> why should they come and see the show? Is it still for them as well? Yeah, I think it is. I've had people come up to me after the show, um, usually younger people, and uh, they say, oh, well, I found one song on TikTok. Uh, There's a song called Uh, At The Chippy, which a lot of people know (laughs) from TikTok. And sometimes, and more, you know, quite often actually now, people will come up to me and say, I found her on TikTok or I found her on YouTube and I knew one or two things. And now I'm going home to Google everything that she's ever done and that's amazing i think that is mm. that is super and mm. you know grandmas bringing their daughters and granddaughters mm. <laughs> for a night out and introducing the granddaughter to what the two of them used to laugh at together i mean super super lovely so mm. yeah i think uh, it could be a, like a, a beginner's guide if you'd like to know more about one of our greatest comedians and a powerhouse of the north <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know why people talk about the Northern Powerhouse, because she was the Northern Powerhouse. She was. Why, don't, why don't they just say Vic? It would be quicker. It would be quicker. <laughs> it would be quicker. And we'd all have more life to live. Listen, thank you very, very much for joining us. Thank you so much. Oh, it's, my pleasure. It's been so good to chat to you. And we'll see you in a Thanks couple of weeks. Me.
All right. See you in it, Chris. Yes! Bye! <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please tell your friends about us and give us a share on social media. If you'd like to get involved with our podcast, please drop us an email to podcast at woolseytheatre.co.uk. We have a full and exciting programme of shows, activities and events throughout the year. For more information, visit our website at woolseytheatre.co.uk or call the box office on 01473 295 900. The New Woolsey Theatre is a registered charity and relies on funding partners, investors and donations. We gratefully acknowledge the support of Arts Council England, Suffolk County Council and Ipswich Borough Council. This podcast is for entertainment purposes, is produced and managed by our friends at podtalk.co.uk and is the copyright of the New Woolsey Theatre. (laughs) 